Welcome everyone to the Eva Health Podcast, Season 2. My name's Erin, I'll be your host this season where we explore health information technology topics and our solution, Eva. So without any further ado, let's get this episode started. Hey everyone, on today's episode, we're going to talk about customer service or patient service, right? What that looks like inside of independent healthcare and what's really the root of excellent patient care, customer service, however you want to think about it. When you own an independent medical practice and you're balancing, you know, owning your own business plus taking care of patients and everything that comes in between, thinking about uh, patient care and customer service is really a way for you to think about what it is you want as a medical provider to offer at your practice, right? What do you want to offer the world? What motivates you and what drives you in your practice to care for patients? All right, let's hop into our podcast episode for today where I have the wonderful Dr. James Mahoney as my guest, the founder of Eva Physician, uh, owns his own practice, always an excellent resource, and I'm excited to dive in. Welcome back, Dr. J. Hey, I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today. Totally excited. So we've got our new series of podcasts for this year, 2023. Um, really excited to explore a bunch of different ideas. We've got some pretty consistent listeners, which is awesome. Um, today, but today's today is we wanted to start off with a bang. Um, and we're going to focus on customer service, <laughs> customer yeah. service medicine, or what, well, you know, there's other ways to kind of, what a concept. What, you know, people don't like to think of customer service in medicine as like patient care. Well, I think, you know, there really is a, a customer service element and I don't know about you, but it's not something I have been experiencing a lot of excellent customer service these days. It seems to, everybody seems stressed out, bogged down. And um, I think it matters in in medicine. I think it matters in healthcare for patients. So I kind of wanted to oh, hear well, your thoughts. I've got, I've got this amazing um, story, I think, that I've got this colleague of mine. He's an amazing orthopedic surgeon. I mean, he's, he is good. Harvard, Stanford, I mean, he is good. Um, in fact, when I needed surgical treatment, he's who I've talked to. He's who I wanted to work with. He's just that good. But the customer service, he's got a huge orthopedic group that he works with. It's so bad that he gave me his cell number and he said, if you need anything, you'll need to talk to me on my cell because it's almost impossible to get through the front desk. So for me to refer patients to him is very, very, very difficult. And because of it, um, there's a limit to what kind of he would be he, he would probably be overwhelmed because he's so good if his customer service wasn't so difficult um and it's it's a shame because he's so good that i can't get more people to him because i he would be my sole guy but nobody can get through and then on our side um with our office um the phone doesn't get picked up every time sometimes it goes to voice but it's rare um but when somebody calls here, generally the phone is picked up and it's um, 
this Dr. J, Dr. J's office, I can help. And that's what they say, not may I help you. It's like, I can help. And, um, and then they uh, provide the patient with a human voice. And just like it's a high-end um, jewelry store or um, somewhere where you're going to expect first-class service, almost no system in health does that. No system, but independent practices can. And um, I think our topic today that we were going to really hit on was um, derived from our, our current favorite medical magazine, Medical Economics, which um, we just had a really cool video on Medical Economics last week that we got to be uh, with the team for Medical Economics. And um, we talked about all sorts of um, really great stuff about how to change healthcare. But this is about uh, an article on the future of healthcare. And it was written by, um, by an author who has a, a real preference for concierge medicine. And so concierge medicine, when you call there, you get treated like you're at a big hotel, like a, like a five-star hotel. And someone picks up the phone and says, hey, um, hi, James. Uh, this, is, this is Jane at the concierge medical practice. I can help you. Um, and then you get medical care that's the same as you would get at any family practice. Only there's a nice person on the phone and you'll always see the same provider. I think those things are very, very good. Um, and to do that, typically you're asked to pay a monthly fee or an annual fee, and it can be a little or a lot. Um, typically it's a lot. Um, and that's one of the models that the future of healthcare will hold. I think it works for a lot of people. Um, I do not think it is the only one. And what I'm seeing is a mistaken leaning into that as the only way you're going to make it in medicine is for you to be a concierge doctor. That's the only way. Um, it, otherwise, you're going to have to be an uh, insurance doctor at the hospital or in some large group. And then you have a boss who tells you what to do. and You can be fired overnight. And that's so your only chance is concierge. I completely disagree because our practice has been fee for service and prospering better and more every year for the last 20 plus years. Uh, and it's and it really is just getting better. Like you said earlier, patients are dying to find people who will actually sit with them and listen to them, pick up the phone when they need it and actually create a relationship where I know the patient. I know them really well. I know their family and I know them and they know that if they're going to see me, I'm going to charge them for the time I see them. And if I don't see them, they're not going to pay anything at all. They're not going to pay anything. They're, they're busy and they're about their life and they've got a wellness program and they're good. Um, and they don't need to continue to pay me something that, Frankly, I think as I'm not willing to trade my freedom to become their concierge person who's always available to them at all times for all things. I don't want to do that. I don't find that attractive. I, I like the independence of being able to serve the patient fully with all of the um, services that we have. Great customer service. Take care of them and then say, OK, now you're free to go roam about the country whatever you need to do, it'll be great. Go on and do that. A concierge practice, I think, um, limits the provider in that you really have to be available to that patient 24-7 or, or provide uh, coverage 24-7 and do a lot of things that I do. I go to the hospital and see patients. I don't do hospital care. I do house calls. Um, but for those things, I generally charge to do it. And my patients expect it. And that way I'm in control of my life. 
and I can maintain my independence. I don't want to trade my independence from the insurance industry and hospitals and become independent of them and then entirely dependent on a patient's whims. That's not my goal in life. My goal is to maintain independence fully where I make clear to patient what I'm willing to do in my disclosures and consents. Here's what I'm willing to do. And I'm willing to do it at a level that's going to be higher than anyone you probably work with. Um, full comprehensive wellness and conventional care, osteopathic treatment, acupuncture, all those things. And we'll look at you in a way that probably no one else will and provide you exceptional service. Um, but I'm not going to be available 24-7. After hours, we expect you to go to urgent care and then we'll be available to you during regular office hours and happy to get on the phone or make a house call or whatever we need to do to provide extra service. No problem. Um, but the idea that concierge is the only way to go is, I think, it's it's not really congruent with our experience. It's It doesn't fit. And there's lots of doctors who are doing what we do, fee-for-service, but they're doing it in the insurance model. And we're, you know, we're providing an avenue, a kind of an escape pod. If you want to get out of the insurance industry and stay in fee-for-service, we have a way to do it. And, um, and I think that's the best way to do it, by the way. For me, it works. Um, I also know lots of concierge docs who are happy with it. And I also have several colleagues who are looking hard at how do I get out of the concierge model and get into what you're doing, where I have a little more freedom. So, I'm a you know, passionate that brings man. Yes. I, you know, I think we have to kind of circle back to, you know, I understand your model. I've experienced your model as a patient. I also see it, you know, from all different perspectives. But what's also interesting, you know, about EVA software in particular is that we, there are no two providers using our system that have the same style of care or business model. And yep. so, you know, we come back to, okay, what's the source of excellent, you know, customer service? When, when I think about going into um, a small business or, you know, having that one-on-one um, -on -one relationship with, you know, I live in a small town and outside of a big city and I'm glad to be there. But one of the things that I love about being where I'm at is I, I know my people in my different, I know my pharmacy, right? It's a small pharmacy. I, I know everybody. Um, and yeah, I go out into the city and all that now too. lived there for 20 years. But what I like about that relationship is it's reliable. Um, it's always excellent and it's individualized to me. Right. And so my outcomes when I go to get whatever it is that I need are higher. Right. So I have I get what I need. My success of taking care of myself and my family and all of that is it is exactly what I need it to be. Um, and what I've noticed about all of those business owners, no matter what they're doing, healthcare, anything like that, is they're very clear about what it is that they want and they need for their own satisfaction, right? So what keeps them happy, what keeps them balanced so that they can keep giving care, customer service, right, in a way that's exceptional. Um, and I really, I'm always, um, inspired by that because it does take a lot of guts to to go independent no matter what you're doing um, and then to continuously give back to you know your clients your patients whoever in a way that is exceptional um, and 
sort of larger groups and that they do end up sacrificing some of that. I don't think they mean to. I don't think it's an intentional sacrifice always, sometimes, but um, because when you're dealing with mass quantities of information, patient load, um, ordering inventory, like when, when you add more and more and more, it becomes harder and harder to manage, especially if you're using systems that are fractured, right? Which a lot of them are, they don't communicate with one another, there's too many on the market to choose from, all of that. So I think really what fuels excellent customer service in, in our field, right? In healthcare and with independent practices is providers being really clear about what makes them happy, what they want, the kind of care they want to give, and the kind of culture that they have in their practice. Well, I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, you're like giving away next week's podcast, but that's okay. I don't mind. So yeah, um, the, the the I think the idea is that doctors, I, I know that I was trained in a way that I had a track that I was going down. I was in high school, I had to get a great SAT score to get a medical into pre-med. And then in pre-med, I had to get a great a grade uh, point average GPA and then my MCAT. And then I had to find a, a internship, residency, all that stuff that was good enough that I'd come out and be really, really good. But it was all, there was a track. I mean, and there wasn't any deviating from it. I didn't have to decide, well, what do I want to do? It's like, there's no choices here, son. You get a good SAT, you get a good MCAT, you get a good, and you'll, you'll do fine. And when you're done in 1985, 86, you're going to be busy and successful. Well, that has all changed. Um, that path that people went down before um, has changed dramatically because you just don't get to decide um, I'm going to be done and I'll be I'll be busy and do a fee for service practice and kind of do whatever I I feel like doing at that point. It's very difficult for a doctor to make an independent practice work now. So it, before that was an easy track. You go down that track and then independent practice and you and a couple other doctors get together and you make a partnership or you do it by yourself and payment was adequate and you'd, you'd have a, a nice living. And now doctors have had cuts in pay over the last 20 years, not an increase in pay. So it's very, very different landscape. It's difficult to make um, all of this work, especially if you go down that track that you thought, well, let's just stay on that track. You can't stay on that track. The train is coming and that light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming locomotive and you'll get smashed. You can't stay on the track that you started on if you want to survive. So you have to decide, well, what do you want to do? What track do you want to get on? Do you want to, do you want to deviate in a way where now you're going to work for a hospital system and now you're going to work for um, a large group? Because the hope was we're going to consolidate all these systems. The outcomes will be better. Everybody making better money. It's going to be awesome. Well, the outcomes aren't better. They're worse. The expense is 30% higher and doctors are generally dissatisfied. They don't like being told what to do, how to care for the patients. It's not a good track. In my opinion, some people like it, but it's not a high satisfaction rate. Or you can go off onto another track and decide you're going to do a concierge practice or direct patient care practice or an independent practice with proper support, which is what we're offering, which is what we're saying. This is a very well-proven uh, system and our goal is to create independence, not just an independent practice, but independence to choose the things that you like. So if you want to do a practice where you're basically taking care of people's wellness and their appearance, you want to do some aesthetics and nutritional care, awesome. Eva, you can teach Eva and she'll she'll run with it. Or if you'd really like to be like we do, 
I'm a comprehensive sports medicine, ultrasound, regenerative injection therapy, nutrition, acupuncture, comprehensive wellness. And I have a lot of experience. I've been doing it for many, many years. And Eva and I have been working together for 20 years. So she understands everything that I bring to the table. She has all of my many years of experience stored in her core interview, along with a lot of other really brilliant scientists that um, far outrank me in the IQ world, but that's okay. I'm happy to take their brilliant ideas. And we use validated questionnaires from all those people and come up with a, an outcome that is high probability that it's correct. The doctor can then look at that, um, look at the entire picture of the patient in seconds, and then come up with a comprehensive care plan that fits their particular goal. Like, what do you like to do? Do you like to counsel people on nutrition? Awesome. Do you like to um, do endocrine work and do hormone therapy and pellets? Perfect. Do you want to do urgent care? Good. You'll know everything about the patient. You're not going to walk into that room and not understand that this patient has an anxiety disorder and an allergy to cephalosporins and that they're going to, if they get sutures, they're going to need nitrous because they freak out. You're going to know all these things with never having met the patient before. So no matter what track you want to go down, evil will work with you and you just need to train her how to do it. The problem is you got to know what track you want. So when you see that red light up ahead turning green, you got to know which way to switch the track. And we're inviting our guys, our doctors and our, our nurse practitioners, come with us into this selection process and figure out what do you love to do? What turns you on? What makes you come alive? And if you can identify that, the things that really, really cause you to say, I want to go to work today. I actually want to roll out of bed, go to work today, do my job, and we'll help you make a good living at it. That's also one of our roles is we want you to not only have a practice that is desirable to you, but that's doable long-term financially. And there are no problems finding enough patients. We don't have, in our world, we don't have competitors for these few patients. We have colleagues so that we can manage the volume of patients, the tidal wave of people who are saying, if only someone would just listen to me and take care of me, I'd pay them anything. Okay, come down. Well, you don't have to pay us everything, but you're going to pay us and we're going to do an amazing job for you. And uh, it's, it's a, such a fallacy. And I hear it everywhere I go uh, in the Northeast of Northeast United States, uh, in the Northwest, California, all the people that we talk to, there's this idea, well, you, nobody's going to be able to do that. Patients aren't going to pay for that. No one can afford that. It's like, that is completely ridiculous. We see patients here in South Lake, Texas from all over the country and some from outside of the country. Um, besides locally, we see plenty of people, um, but people will come. <laughs> they will come. If you're good and you provide them service, they will come. You just got to know what you want to do. And if you're living in a place of desire being met yourself where you're doing what you love, people will flock to you. It's it, And Eva will help you do it. You can teach Eva to be, we call it being your Sherpa. She can be the perfect Sherpa. She will carry the load for you wherever you need to go and make your job easy, where you can get your work done fast, consistently, complying with every law, every possible restriction, any new law that's passed, it's all in there. It's all encoded in the in EPA's logic and thinking. Um, and it's just, it's very exciting to know that we're part of, we want to cut doctors loose. We want to break the shackles and let them actually walk into a place of complete freedom to choose. We, we use that all the time. Freedom to choose, power to heal. It, once you know what you want, 
you've got the goods. You can get it done and you can heal the patient wherever you're focusing your healing power. So anyway, that's what I would say. I agree. I, you know, the thing that's driving the market. So if we look at the economics of the situation, it is really patient desire, right? So what patients are looking for in order to manage their, their health journey, you know, whatever their story is. And what's interesting is, you know, I'm always, you know, part of my job here is to look at what's going on in the bigger picture, what's going on in hospital, what's going on in small clinic, what's going on with technology, all of those things mixed together. And then at the end of the day, why am I looking at that? Well, I'm looking at that to see what's really helping patients, what's making excellent care happen, excellent outcomes, because, you know, at Eva Health, you know, pushed by really your business theory, which I 100% agree with, if you focus on that patient outcome, the business does take care of itself, right? So all of this is outcome driven. And when I look at what's going on with technology, you know, you've been in the world of AI for a while and AI is now hot on, you know, hot on the market, right? Everybody's talking about it. And I think that there's still some misunderstanding, like artificial in intelligence can mean a lot of things, but what artificial intelligence means in, a, in, a, in technology, how it's related to customer service, from my perspective, what it does is it takes lots of information and it allows us to use time in a way that's respectful to the patient and respectful to the provider simultaneously so mm -hmm. that you can get to that outcome, right? So, so that you can get to the outcome, so that you can support the patient outcome. And it's not making decisions for you. It's not removing your autonomous, you know, behavior in the room with the patient. All it is doing, especially in our system, is supporting that outcome and, and, and respecting time. And, you know, I've said this before, we talked about it before, the most valuable thing in your practice, the most important thing are your patients, but also time and not just your time, their time. And for me, excellent customer service has, you know, a lot of manners, <laughs> you know, that's just my style. Like I love when people are kind to one another and communicate in a clear format that's helpful, but it's also being time conscious, right? So how do you want to spend your time with me? And there's no other um, right now, there is no medical technology, except for us, that I know of, um, that is actually taking in the patient's story, the journey, right, within our system. And, and that allows you to understand not only all of this information about the patient, but it also gives you insight into how you're going to use your time and their time, right? And you know, if you get someone who fills out an EvaCore interview, that has all of these open text areas, you know how to use their time. It's it's gonna be probably talking, right? Um, and if you've got someone who's just running through it and you see the facts, you're good to go. It's gonna be, all right, I see what you need, what you want, you're really clear about that, and I see your journey, and here's my offering, and then you go from there. So you're getting more than just information, right? You're yeah. getting so, an insight. As you're saying that, it's I think it's important that um, our listeners know that there's a um, there's the idea that AI is going to basically take the patient down this path 
and give them a diagnosis and a treatment, and the doctor's going to just put a stamper on it. Uh, EVA is not designed to do that. It's not about diagnosis and treatment. EVA is designed, it's called a centaur system, C-E-N-T-A-U-R, like the horse with a, a human head and, and torso, right? So the system basically carries all the data to the head, and the, the provider is the head who actually looks at all that data that has been collected. It's an hour's worth or two hours worth of uh, time that the, that the, that could be spent in an interview with the provider and the patient. Instead, the patient spends 15 minutes, maybe 20, doing a condensed uh, AI algorithm and does that interview. It takes me 30 seconds to interpret the data once Eva hands it off to me. She kind of like, you know, a, a, any expert assistant would in an office, she hands me the data. It would be on a chart on paper in a doctor's office. Um, in an Eva office where Eva's running the show, it's handed off in graphic format on the touchscreen in the room with the patient. And, um, and I have everything that I need. So if the patient wants to get in and out and just they, they want a quick treatment and just get out the door, we can handle it like a quick transaction because I have, I it took me 30 seconds to grok everything that's there. All their body systems, all their allergies, past history, everything, it's all accommodated for as if I'd spent hour, an hour with the patient. They can go in and out fast. We can acknowledge the problem that they're dealing with. We can chat about it for a while um, and really kind of go into more depth in specific areas. Or I can come up with a solution to the problem quickly and then we can talk about their dog or whatever they want to talk about. Maybe they want to chat for 15 or 20 minutes. And I have the leisure to do that. Often patients ask me, I have pictures of my family around the office. They'll ask me, so how is your, your wife? How are the kids doing? It's like just as if, I don't know, as if we had all the time in the world. Man, I know you're busy, Dr. J. It's like, well, I'm busy, but I have time for you. I mean, it, it's, that's almost unheard of. But like you said, my time is so respected by the process. And Eva respects the, the patient's time because the patient will work through an interview with a, with a provider. It can take a long, long time to get a little bit of information that you need. Instead, with the Eva, which has been proven over, in over 100,000 interviews, Eva gets the job done in 20 minutes max. And you have all the data that you need. So the patient's time isn't wasted. Um, and then anything else you want to do, if you want to talk about, you know, so when you say that your scalp itches, what do you mean by that? And the patient said, oh, this is really my big problem. It drives me crazy. I, I'm in meetings and I'm scratching like I have fleas. Like, All right, let's talk about that. And you figure it out and you go into some depth and spend five or 10 minutes on that thing that is the problem instead of convoluted interview that you already know that the digestive function is good and the endocrine wise they're great and there's no psychiatric problem that causing them to itch like a dog. <laughs> That's not the thing. They don't think they're a dog. They actually have a scalp problem and it's, you know, maybe it's fungus and even would tell you and you'll know all these things. Um, so it's so respectful of time and it's so, um, I don't know, it's so refreshing to have your time given back. I think we've joked about this in the past, like Eva, She's a great assistant. She's amazing. But really, she's a time machine. She manufactures time for, it, it's a, the strangest thing in the world that we see the, the complexity of patients that we see and the number of patients we see and get them all well-treated in a day.
it's, it really is amazing. Um, and it's because Eva does so much of the work for us. She gets it handled. Charting takes a minute, literally a minute. Instead of 50% of your time, it's less than 5%. Um, the interview process, instead of taking an hour or two, my, my participation is 30 seconds to a minute. And I'm the expert. I wrote a lot of the, the logic. But doctors and nurse, nurse practitioners who've worked with us, um, they take a couple of minutes without any experience. So it's, it's super, super respectful. Um, and all the rest of that that you're talking about, hospitality, kindness, it's like it's available because you're not in such a rush. You don't have time to be nice. Sure. You just got to move people through. You you're know? also not, you're not given, you know, you're not given as an assistant. The assistant isn't giving you this mess of information. It's well organized. It's very clear. It's beautiful to use. Right. But I think yeah. what's really what's really nice about it is the most important part at the end of the day is, yeah, you're asking the patient to take some time to fill out some information about themselves. They're used to doing that. This is the first time where you go into a room and they see that information displayed in front of them in a way that's easy and accessible for them to also understand, right? So you have this graphic translation for them. And patients, there's a lot of patients who who don't care about it. That's not they're not that's not their thing. But there's a lot that do, you know, especially but if that's a very few that's very few patients who don't care. The patients, I agree. The patients, yeah, it's, it's, it is rare, and especially when you make it that accessible. You're in the room and you say, hey, by the way, here's your stuff, and you'll show them their, their EvaCore interview graph, and they're like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, I said, and let's check this out in your lab, and you can graph their lab any way you want, and whatever factors you want, and they're worried about their blood sugar. So you do their hemoglobin A1C and show them over time. It's like, see, you've been good up until this last year. What did you do? It's like, oh, that's like that big party, and I ate nothing but sweets for a whole month. And it's like, oh, well, see, there you go. You don't need to do that anymore. So let's look at your, your core interviews. Yeah, it shows you have some metabolic issues at the same time. So let's change course. Oh, I'd love to do that. It's so easy um, when the patient is, it's actually their story. Right, It's a story about their story uh, on the wall in the room. And nobody doesn't want to hear their story. Right. Everybody's yeah. interested in their own story. And we provide it for them and show them we have a full understanding of what's going on with you. So they want to engage. And like we said, outcome and income. And then their outcome is good. And when their outcome is good, my income is good. And that's, right. the, that's the order of things. We provide exceptional care so that their outcome is good. And when my, their outcome is good, my income is good. And when my income is good, I stay open and I stay independent. And, and ultimately, that's the goal. Good outcomes, good income, and independence. And I think we have a pathway to that that works. I agree. I want to end with, you know, another area that, you know, isn't as sparkly, um, but how Eva can and how we have focused on customer service in general, right? And one of the things that, one of the big hiccups that always happens in small practices or outpatient-like care is, if an organization or a business is struggling with getting done administrative tasks or communicating with patients that are not in the clinic at the time, right? Because there's all this other stuff going on in the background outside of just the patients you're seeing in the day. And it's a lot to manage, especially now in the world that we live in, which is constant communication. And we've never really talked about this before. It's my area of 
specialty, but really I'm trying to put out there that one of the things that's key to excellent customer service, no matter what field you're in, is excellent communication, right? And being able to have a way where you can communicate in a simple, respectful, um, and even, you know, aesthetically pleasing way if you want to. And so it's sort of like, you know, we're tired of lots of emails, we're tired of too many texts, we want it to be meaningful, we want it to be purposeful, and we do like when it's good looking. I mean, that's kind of the nature of communication now. And so to be able to have an element within, you know, Eva, to be able to have Eva create this communication platform for you, where you develop your style of communication with your patients, is pretty much unheard of. And on my original journey to find an EMR, right, because that was the intentional journey at the beginning to help uh, run this practice, I um, could not find one. And I was told I was nuts looking for one that had basically a communication platform that was outside of confirming your appointment or sending a quick text. It was really more like the full scope of communication to give excellent customer care and service and patient care so that we were always connected in a time and space like dimension you know but it was really important to me like i want to control who you can communicate with right i don't want to bombard my staff but i also want to give you accessibility where you don't feel like you're talking to a robot you know because we're all tired of that and i don't want to bombard you with emails I want to give you excellent customer service through communication and Eva was the first space and we always are thinking about this considering we just transformed our patient message center. We've got some really excellent capability there that's mindful of all of those elements, your time and your patient's time and how you're communicating. Um, and I well, believe yeah. that. Well, the funny thing is you say that's not very sparkly. It's like, I don't know, that sounds pretty sparkly to me when you have the time space continuum dialed in and you're gonna, word, though, you know, I love so, sci-fi. For instance, I got a mammogram report back on somebody yesterday. And in Eva, what happens is I get a document alert, I pop that screen, it comes up, I have a text box next to it that says it has a little note I put in there, like mammogram normal, and then I send the patient. I say, Hey Aaron, um, you have a dictation, if if you get Eva, there's a dictation system within it, you just pop the microphone. So, uh, hey Aaron, uh, I saw your mammogram results, and I got great news, everything looks awesome. And then Dr. J. And then you'll get a text that says, hey, check your portal, and then that document's in there. It's tagged to the chart, so that it's in the chart, and it's time-stamped. The patient themselves is sitting there, they just had their mammogram, and it got read out, and it got sent to us within, that's an hour and a half from the breast center. They've got the results and they've got my acknowledgement. I know your whole story. I looked at it. Everything's cool. No problem. That's sparkly to me. I mean, there's okay. something about that that's very beautiful. And the acknowledgement by the patient that's, man, he really does care about me. And I really do care. But their perception matches the truth. I do care. I have a system that acknowledges and like it demonstrates that care. It's clear that I'm on top of it. There's nothing getting missed. And I'm not saying that happens every time. Sometimes yeah. I get busy and I'm seeing a patient or whatever, and I miss a document. Maybe maybe it's four hours instead of an hour or 30 minutes. But the cool part is it's attached to the chart. Everything's the documentation's there. The message center is it, it's pretty. It looks good, and um, 
all of it works together. All of it is well documented. It's time stamped. The patient knows they're getting what they need. They can tell that we've uh, we've attended to their problem well, and they're getting what they need. And there's no question about our documentation from a legal side. So legally, malpractice, medical board, all that stuff, all of that's handled in a way that shows that we are not only conscientious and uh, not only following Cures Act, High Tech Act, uh, HIPAA, all that. It's all compliant with all of those things. But more importantly, it's compliant with a higher standard of care that makes a patient say, I want to spend my cash there because those guys care about me. And I want to reward them for that. Just like buying a, a suitcase at the Neiman Marcus or a hot dog at the hot dog stand that actually tastes good and it's kosher or whatever else you need. You know what you want? You can buy it. And and we're providing healthcare like that. And we offer that to anybody who wants to get involved with Eva that we can help you train Eva to be the best assistant you've ever had. She'll never quit. She'll never ask for a raise. She'll continue to work for you exactly the way you tell her to work for you as long as you choose to work. And you don't have to have another assistant come in who you have to train. By the way, they turn over every two years. Uh, and what a headache. All of that goes away. And um, we have a, an operation now that is very, very slick. And we are able to see 16 to 20 patients a day, um, every day uh, that I choose. I work three and a half days a week on a big week. And, and we have a very, very successful practice. And um, we have a, a, a publication, a little ebook that you could share, I guess, if you want to. Maybe sure. do you want to do that this thing or next time? Two million dollar sure. practice. Yeah. We, so we well, can make that available to whoever listening. Let's do it on the next one because you know I think oh, the geez. we're going to transition. Yep. You know, one of the things the the most important takeaway here is all right to get to this excellent customer service to find this place of this you know really wonderful balance, happy medium, some sparkles. Um, the, the number one thing you have to think about first is what do you what do you want to provide? Yeah, and what's that's true. Like yeah, you're you? right. They're not asked that. And now we're saying, hey, we'll talk. We'll see you on our next podcast in that time frame. Think about what do you want? Like, what does it look like? You know? Yeah. And I think all the way. And this is what I think what we're going to talk about next time is full spectrum from the time you wake up in the morning, mm -hmm. time with your family, taking a walk. What do you want to do in your practice? How do you want to spend your evenings? Do you want to get away for a week at a time? How do you want that all to look? Because I think you've, everyone's been told there's nothing you can do. Disaster is looming. You're going, everything's going to go to hell and the sky is falling and medicine's falling apart. That is not true. Uh, there's lots of people, because we're working with them, who are prospering. The average practice that works with us has a 40% increase. Um, it's 38%, I think is the actual number, um, in the first six months of working yeah. with uh, Eva. Um, and uh, that's not what's being touted in the press. Everything's horrible and it's falling apart. That's not true. You have to know what you want. So yeah, think about what you want till we get together next time. And thanks, Aaron. You're awesome you. and you are sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you on the next episode. Interested in learning more about Eva? Check us out at evahealth.com, where you can sign up for a demo, usually with me or Nathan, Jeremy, 
and we explore how you can use Eva in your practice and really what your goals are as an independent medical provider.